Next episode of the 52 Weeks we're talking about today is Sumps. And that episode was titled Sumps, What They Do, Which Should You Select? What's okay. our core belief here? So a core belief on a sump that defines how uh, I'd approach a sump is the best sump design prioritizes function over form and bonus points if it's future-proof. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, all of our council will really be tied to that core belief yeah. of uh, best sump design prioritizes function over form and bonus points for future proof. All right, so here's what matters. Here's what we believe matters most. Uh, remember what this. Remember what this thing is for. It holds gear and it allows for better gear. Uh, that's really all there is to it. I mean, you could have the really nice, gorgeous display and all this other stuff, but in the, in the end, this, this is uh, basically a box for your gear. Yeah. So like. Uh, I don't know. The first time I had my first tank was a hang-on tank, and then I bought one with a sump. And yep. I'm like, well, what does a sump do? Yeah. You know, all it really does is gives you a place to hide all of your gear. Uh, and it allows you to use better gear because it can be bigger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, there's a couple other things, but that's the core of it is I'm going to put my gear down in this thing, and it will not be as ugly down there, and I can probably use it a little bit better. Yeah. So everything you do here should be about how do I hold the gear I want, uh, and how do I allow for the quality of gear I want when I select the sump? Nothing else really matters. There you go. So what else really we believe matters for uh, a sump is open areas are often better than specific designs. Oh man, this one has bitten. This one bit us right here in this tank, and not necessarily oh, bit yeah. us, but we. This is that that where that bonus points for future proof comes through. Uh, but the 160 is a classic example of this one where. Um, we were, it was specifically designed for the, you know, the filter sock chamber and then into this, uh, uh, we really wasn't a refugium chamber and we wanted a bigger one. So, you know, what ended up happening is you just cut, start cutting away at the sump. Uh, if it were just a large open area to, for you to choose whether or not you're going to put a skimmer in there, whether or not you're going to make it a refugium, whether or not you're going to drop a roller mat or something in there. Uh, it's a whole lot simpler if you would have thought about that and had an open design well before you got pigeonholed into the what you have. So a lot of the trigger stumps are like that, where they're pretty just open. Big open. Uh, the Red Sea glass ones, some of them are, are really nice. just big open areas. They're not really fancy and yeah. just the way I like it. Yeah. Uh, and then I think of like, remember the old Skims ones? Like they oh. look really cool. There's so many compartments for so many things. You couldn't fit anything in there. Couldn't fit anything in it. I'm running into that with my tank in the office right now. I oh. can't do anything in it. Yeah, it's uh, very, very limiting because we yeah. wasted all of the space with little gimmicky stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so like when you're selecting a sump uh, and the form over function uh, or function over form rather, yeah. uh, really think about how valuable open space is and adjustable space. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, part of me wonders a little bit like, what? Why don't I just use a, a forty-gallon breeder and those and foam? Or those drop that thing? aqua mesh yeah. down there because it worked. The aqua mesh actually seems to like, capture the little micro bubbles better than a baffle. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a good BRSTV investigates actually. Yeah, actually, a really good one. Uh, but like the uh, the little micro, the mesh 
gets the bath or the micro bubbles. Now the water, you know, if the, if the auto top off doesn't work, all of a sudden the return chamber doesn't like, you know, evaporate because there's only a gallon of water in there. Yeah. Uh, if it's the whole sump, then you longer time until it actually runs dry. Yeah. And then I can reconfigure mm. it. In fact, uh, that was one of the things that we talked about today in a different video, which was uh, the Fiji cube has those like oh. configurable things for a 20 bat, long. Yeah. It's like, so you can take a 20 long, a 40 breeder or a 10 gallon mm -hmm. and they sell you little baffle kits you can like install into the glass box that you have to build exactly Done what you did. want. And then if you don't like it, it's usually probably just put together with some silicone and you can just razor it off and rebuild it to whatever way you want. Yeah. I wonder if that's the, the future of uh, over under baffles are dead to me almost now. <laughs> yeah, well, like, uh, well, we did that with the 20 long tank on the ULM. We took that, uh, that aqua mesh and dropped it in there and lo and behold, that worked perfectly. That's exactly what we need. And I think it's still it's still running today in Nikki G's uh, cube. Yeah, and so the only thing would be like, if I if I wanted those baffles, it'd be like, all right, do I need a specific water level in the sump that like only baffles will create right, for right, me? Right, 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 yeah. Or can the whole thing just be at that level? Or uh, do I have a micro bubble problem in this tank that only a baffle, and I, I haven't actually found the baffles to be particularly helpful there either. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so. If you ever tr go to try to maintain them too, it's like they're almost always so close together, you cannot get into them. Dead. Uh, uh, they're yeah. on the verge of being dead to me. <laughs> verge of being dead to you, the baffles. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, think about the open areas better than specific designs. Yeah. Uh, next one up for the, what we believe matters most in a sump. Uh, large enough to hold the water uh, during a power outage. And that, that really comes down to that, too. You know, uh, I, And this isn't like water level... Uh, I, I ran into this problem once where uh, I had such like a, a long lock line. It was a, a reef ready tank. So the lock lines, I added extra lock lines so they could swing out like this and actually point in a different direction. What I failed to realize is when I bumped that lock line down, it's now a straw siphoning my entire tank down into my sump. And guess what? My Profilux Model 4 did not have enough space to hold all of that water, water everywhere. And you can drill little holes and stuff in the lock line, but those things get clogged too. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so just make sure that the whole thing can actually hold uh, the water volume. If, if you're thinking of like one thing that matters most about a sump, it's figure volume. that out. And it's really not that hard. You can look at your tank and just see like if the water went down to the bottom of the baffles or the bottom of the return, how many inches is it? There's calculators for, mm -hmm. you know, if it's two inches by 24 by 20 or 48, that's how much water it is. Can this sump hold that much water? If the answer is yes, uh, you're probably pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so do the math on it. Mm. Uh, all right. This one. How is this going to rattle some cages here? I wish that everybody would do this because you'll have way higher success rates in the end. Uh, you know, it seems to be catching on, but probably not as much as it should, yep. which is hot. Uh, oh, I'm on the actually. Oh, no, you're up here at Filter I'm, Socks. Oh, yeah, I was on the bottom here. Uh, <laughs> actually, this one too. This one too. This actually, I'm going to say all the things I just said apply to this one. Uh, it's funny. Uh, okay, it's Filter Socks in the sump only if you want to change them. Yeah. If you don't want to change your filter socks, don't buy, skip it. Don't buy a sump that has filter socks if you don't plan on changing them. And we're talking like changing uh, every three days. 
Yeah, like the filter socks only work if you change them every three days. Yeah, I mean we've we've tested it. We'll probably we should probably revisit that test also. Mm -hmm. But every three days, if you're not uh, like if if it's your if you're Johnny on the spot when it comes to like, hey, it's day three, this is sock changing day. Then by all means, get yourself a filter a, a sump with a filter sock because once you choose that filter sock option, if you choose not to change them, guess what? You're stuck with that space that was made for filter socks, and now you just have useless space in a sump. Okay, the marketing team probably just pulled the Ethernet from us because <laughs> uh, you know this is coming from people who sell like thousands, if not tens of thousands, of filter, filter socks. socks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't know, man. If you're not going to change them all the time, uh, every three days, mm -hmm. this is why you don't want one. Yeah, I, as as somebody that used to leave, use the filter socks, and I would just leave them in there, and the, the reason I would change them is because I'd hear the water overflow over yeah, the top clogged, of them, right? Like they're doing nothing. Okay, so what I found uh, since then is that they're actually doing more harm than they're doing good. And like, I used to not like it when people call a canister filter a uh, nitrate factory because yeah. they're not really creating nitrate. And no. It's not pulling it out of thin air. It's just a filter, you yeah. know, and like- It's a filter that you're- the, Nitrate is the food you put in. So right? you're, it's a filter you're less likely to change because of all of the process to get through it and change it. Filter socks, nitrate factory, phosphate factory, this is why. Because it captures all of uh, the, uh, not all, but like a lot of the turds and the food and everything in there. Mm -hmm. And it has to decay inside of that to the point that it breaks down into little like, you know, molecules and release back in the tank some of which the skimmer will remove. But here's the piece of it is if you take out all of the filter, the filter socks, the skimmer will perform way better. Mm. Go test it if you're wondering right now, pull out your filter socks and watch how your skimmer actually performs better. And I've seen it now a lot on mm. the, the fleece material. Yeah. And the fleece material is pulling all of the turds and everything out of the water mm. and the decaying food. The skimmer doesn't really produce much because it's not in there. Yeah. Right? And even if at the times where I've seen it get clogged uh, or the little sensor stops working and it's going down the overflow and all the stuff's decaying, still the skimmer doesn't work. But the moment I pull the fleece out, all of a sudden the skimmer works better, <laughs> right? And it's not that like I need the skimmer to work better because I'm actually happy the fleece is way easier to use. Yeah. Uh, but so filter socks here, only if you plan on using them, Otherwise, pick a design that doesn't handicap you to that. Yep. Kind of like the one we had here where we had to cut them all out cut to put out. the filter or the, the uh, original roller mat That's in. true. Which, which leads to the next one. And I mean, people are all over it. Uh, fleece is the future. Uh, I personally, I know I am not uh, a stu or I'm not, uh, you know, rigid in my ways enough to pull filter socks every three days. I'm just not going to do it. I'm lazy. Uh, I, I won't have filter socks, but what I will do is change out that roll once it's done and completely rolled up. Right? That means that gives me a month uh, mm -hmm. or two months in some cases uh, where I don't have to do anything other than, and then at the end I just go, oh, new one, done, okay. count me in. And, and not only that, it's such an effective tool, a filter tool. I'm gonna go, like some people are like, oh, well I don't wanna spend the money on that. Okay, I understand. Okay. But here's the thing, skip the skimmer then, because I think the filter fleece is actually doing a better job than the skimmer. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah, So I think you're actually pulling out 
more waste with the actual uh, rolling all the turds in the food, especially if you have high flow that keeps it suspended, right. uh, than you are in the skimmer. And so I know some people are thinking that's blasphemy. And uh, what you mean no skimmer? Like, no, I just want the most effective nutrient solution and pollution solution for my money. Yeah. And the reality is if more of us end up demanding and buying these fleece solutions, Dude, it's just a roll of toilet paper and a motor with a float <laughs> switch. It should only add like a hundred dollars to the whole design, you know? Yeah. Maybe 150, I don't know. But yeah. like they're gonna it, start getting cheaper. It doesn't require any maintenance. Like your skimmer, you have to tune it, you have to make it work, you have to empty it, you have to do all this stuff to it. Why don't I just pull out the turds before they actually broke down <laughs> uh, and it just rolls it right out of the tank? Throw it away. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is a it's a, it is an adjustable tool a filter too as well too because I can I can adjust you know the water level in some cases where you know I will wait for my water level to reach here before it starts to roll meaning there's is a little more time where this uh, material is exposed in the water there is more time for it to break down or if I want to be a complete meat freak I can go the opposite way and say I don't want my turds to be <laughs> my you know filter toilet paper roll to be in the water decaying for any amount of time gone immediately so on my fleece roll there's like a water level sensor in it, and a lot of them will have this and basically the way it works is if you put the water sensor higher i got a big gigantic square of fleece here you know mm -hmm. that is getting clogged over time once it gets clogged it stops letting water through uh, the water level go up and it'll expose a little bit new paper all right well that allows for some of it to rot if you make it too high if I shrink it down, well, now only this much is exposed to water flow going through it, and that clogs way, way, way faster, mm -hmm. uh, and it's pulling out the turds in real time. So you can actually adjust the uh, performance of your filter so easy with just water level, no tuning, no garbage. The only way you can do that with a filter sock is I'm going to change it every day or I'm going to change it every week. Yeah, so bravo to Trigger for building like the Platinum series, but yeah. like, Step up. Other people should be producing these things the and they should get cheaper because it's just a toilet paper roll with a motor on it and a float switch. It's not rocket science. <laughs> and and what, will, the, what will happen, the reason that people will make them, by the way, is because all of us are demanding them and buying them. We uh, want fleece rollers. We, we want fleece rollers. rollers. Uh, uh, Spilter socks are dead to me. <laughs> uh, no. uh, yeah, I think so. I don't know. Think about that. That's the core belief on, on some, some of those things. But yeah. what are the hard lessons that okay. we would like to avoid in the future? So this is out of our experience, straight from my experience, hard lesson. One of the first one, uh, water volume or dilution is minimal benefit. Meaning like, you know, how many times did you hear, uh, you know, uh, add a sump because the water level or the water ad added water volume means less problems. Now, uh, may, uh, maybe if I have like a 10 gallon tank or a 20 gallon tank and I add a 40 breeder for a sump, then 100%. Like, uh, I've just added a lot more water volume, meaning the, the dilution of pollutants and everything else that can go wrong in a tank has uh, just bought me a bunch of a buffer room. Mm -hmm. But if I put a 60 or 40 gallon uh, type of sump on like a 200 gallon tank, I really didn't buy myself jack. Nothing. Uh, nothing. 
Yeah. So like that's the the piece that like oftentimes if people regurgitate the same message over enough that it is like partially true, then it just becomes fact, right? That one have been I've heard that one so many times. Get the biggest sump you can because water volume's king, blah 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 blah. Well that sentence isn't wrong. It's just do the math while you're doing it. Yeah, if If I have a two hundred gallon tank and a twenty percent or twenty gallon sump or whatever, forty gallon sump. Yeah. Like I'm only diluting it by 20%, meaning like if nitrate was gonna be 10, it's now 12. Like test kit doesn't even measure that accurately. <laughs> you know, like it, it isn't really of that much value. But like you said, if I put a 40 gallon breeder on a 10 gallon cube, I just, you know, turned it into five times as much water. Like it was four, now that matters. Triple the water. Yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah. true there. Uh, <laughs> so do the math for yourself when people are giving that advice. Don't, don't pick a sump just because somebody tells you the water volume means it's it's going to benefit your tank more, the dilution. Yeah, and so the, the message is always bigger is better in sumps too. But when you do that, then I don't have any room in there for my test kits. I don't have room for yeah. the reservoirs, for the my CO2 the, canister, the for my calcium reactor. I don't even for anything in there. Yeah, all I need is for the sump to hold the, the right size equipment and to hold the water level when the power goes out. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be as big as possible because yeah. then you're sacrificing some space that you could use for other things. All right, mm. just you know, high percentage, low percentage pass. Yeah, <laughs> consider that how, how you do it. Uh, hard lessons for the future uh, uh, on sumps as well. Uh, uh, All-in-one forces cheaper gear that doesn't work as well and water changes are number one. All right, so uh, this is kind of inverse of what we said earlier, but if you buy an all-in-one, the whole thing will be cheaper because you don't have the option to buy a fancy sump and a fancy <laughs> plumbing and a fancy skimmer and a fancy roller mat. Yeah. And water changes are just the number one thing. And it will take a lot of salt before you've overcome the cost of all those things that we just mentioned. <laughs> so uh, again, a plug for the all-in-one design, specifically for newer reefers who just want to get a successful tank under mm -hmm. the belt that looks clean mm -hmm. and nice in pretty much any room. Yeah, 100%. Uh, another hard lesson learned, get the sump right the first time because it's the hardest to change and no one does it. Uh, I, Again, and this is a lesson learned by myself. I put the, I bought the, you know, I bought the Proflux uh, four or the Equion Proflux four, old old sump back in the day. Um, the only way to get it in and out of my system was when my tank was off the stand and I had to go straight down through. Well, guess what happens now if uh, I want to change my sump or change the design or uh, or if it breaks, uh, I can't get that thing out. I have, to I have to tear my whole tank, entire tank apart just to get it out. So there's the general message of buy once because it actually will cost you five times as much to just keep buying the same damn thing over and over and over again. But if it's a skimmer, so be it. You just yeah, keep yeah, swapping yeah. it out. I would still tell you to just go skimmerless until you can afford the one you want. <laughs> uh, do some water changes until you get there. But uh, even if that wasn't the case, I can just swap them out pretty easy. Mm -hmm. The sump is so, so hard. hard to change. Plumbing, plumbing, gluing, everything. downtime, every wire is going into this thing. You will never do it. Yeah. We, I like right now. If Randy came to me, he doesn't like the sump that's on his sixty. If he came to me and said, 
Ryan, can I have a new soundbite? You're like, well, pick whatever one you want, dude. I don't care. Yeah. Will you actually do it? No, because no. that thing was plumbed by uh, Aaron and yeah. know how well it is and how perfect every angle is. And I would never be able to get it right the same way. Dude, it was never. It was done really, really well. And, but at the same time, like the the skim sump is too intricate and is really limiting. Yeah. Uh, I want a new sump. Dang sure won't do it. We've talked about replacing the sump on the 160 here too, yep. but nobody got time for that garbage. And this one's actually <laughs> sitting out. Yeah, you know, that's true. Uh, 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 it would have to be catastrophically wrong. Yeah. You know, yeah, to to change. To actually, so, get it right the first time on a sump. Think about it and make sure you do it. It's probably the most critical piece to get right the first time because you will probably never ever ever change it 100 percent. yeah uh all right room for dual returns this is i think repeated again i do not think there should be some manufacturers out there who are making return chambers so small that i can't fit two return pumps in there stop making them that way yeah. like you should always have the option for two Okay, so two return pumps. This is uh, the the heart of the tank connecting all the light support to the tank. If it goes down, uh, well, the heart stopped working and related things are gonna start happening to the tank. But what if you have two hearts? Yeah, you got a backup heart. I want, I want one right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you if you do that yeah. and you have two returns, and the beauty of it is you can get two smaller ones. Yeah. You, know, cause you don't need like, perfect filtration the event that one of them went down i just need the water to circulate yes yeah you just need water to go through it so uh make sure that whatever the baffle space in your sump even if you don't want to spend the money today has room for two returns when finally you learn this lesson from it breaking and say oh i remember what those guys said we should do this and most of your return your tanks have actually two uh, Overflows like over, yeah. or nozzles uh, returns, or return yeah. areas, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's super easy to just plumb one back up to each one. You know, you know? what you know what was really hard on the 160 is uh, splitting off and manifolding two returns right uh, mm-hmm. off of one pump. Had we had this, had we had this, you know, insight back when the 160 went up, one return line would get one pump, one return line would get the other. And uh, we would have been, it would have been a, a much safer tank. Not that anything really happened to it because, you know, we chose in lieu of dual returns after we realized this, we chose just a really reliable type pump. Yeah, but, or buy a $2,000 pump. Yeah, I mean, which is w- way more expensive than just doing two. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't think I'd ever set up another tank without two returns. And yeah. It's, and it's not, yeah, it's, it's all about the safety. And uh, this goes back to the very first thing, you know, that we said is the most successful reefers plan for the inevitable as it happens. Well, two return pumps is one of the ways to do that. So if you were going to say, hey, Ryan, you could have one of two things. You could have a $2,000 Vectra or $2,000 Abyss or two uh, few hundred dollar Vectras. Uh, I would choose the Vectras regardless of the money. Uh, Because even though it's cheaper, man, like the $2,000 pump, a single one with a single failure point isn't as good as the two yeah. of the less expensive options. Mm. So dual, uh, returns. dual returns, make sure your sump has room for that. Uh, here's one that a lot of people don't think, and again, I'm, I'm thinking skims again here. Uh, hard lesson. Hard lessons. Consider cleaning. Consider how you're gonna clean this bastard. Yeah. I, it's true, it's true. Right now, the, the little tiny skims one I have in, uh, in my 60 gallon cube in the office that, we've, that we did for the ULMs, 
I cannot get my hand, not only, uh, okay, so there's filter socks, but there's a lid on there, which was a really cool idea, you know, a lid to keep the sound down, but the lid is so small, I cannot get my arm past like my forearm, and I'm, I'm not, I don't have big giant forearms, but I can't get down in there. Not only that, but it has a chamber in the back where the downspouts from the drains go down, then there's a baffle, there's zero chance that I can get back there. Not even with a, a python, the end of a python, my hand. The only thing I could do is get like a, maybe a little peam up or something and get down there, stir it up and hope I get all the detritus out. I can't even see in there. Yeah, so like, uh, I mean, a lot of people don't clean their stumps and it might be because of, of this actually, just because it's, it's such difficult. a giant pain in the butt. Yeah. The, this, the sump is just designed not to do this, right? Uh, but you know, if you if you get the right pump, you know, you kind of create like a little vacuum and just suck all the garbage out. Like you know, what I do uh, recently is that that the ultra zero, the ultra zero, because the ultra zero sucks off the bottom, and you only have like that you know couple millimeters or whatever of water. Yeah. And there's so much garbage on there that all I got to do is move the ultra zero around, mm. kind of like a little vacuum, and it just sucks all the garbage up because the sump is open. It's an open space without 8 million little compartments in it. Yeah. Uh, and I can just clean it without having to do anything, really. Uh, and so consider that because all that detritus and stuff, it's just kind of like a time bomb that's yeah. building up in the bottom yeah. of the thing. And the, the sump is one of the easiest places to remove that stuff because there is no sand, there is no rock, you don't have to move anything. Uh, the worst thing you have to do is move a, a skimmer out of the way and suck up the detritus off the bottom. It's the easiest to clean. I hate to say it this way, but it's true. Dirty is synonymous with uncared for. Mm. And if you make it really hard to not to care for it, it's going to be dirty and uncared for. 100%. There you go. <laughs> All right. Another hard lesson here is uh, a sump without an area for a fuge. I will never, ever, ever do this again. Mm. Like never. Well, unless there's some new miracle that shows up on my doorstep. Yeah. I made this mistake. I got this beautiful Royal Exclusive sump. It's really elaborate. It's really cool. It's all lit up. It has the fleece on it. You know, perfect skimmer, yeah. perfect everything. But like I've always had some issues with nutrients in this tank because I'm not running the fuge. And I, the fuge is my favorite filter on the whole thing. Yeah. So it's the most effective. It's the easiest thing. And there's no place for this on here. I'm going to have to plumb one externally to make this happen, which is, you know, more leak Another thoughts P. and you know, more yeah. pumps, more yeah. stuff to maintain. Uh, I personally, even if you don't think that you will use a fuge today, buy something that will allow you to use a fuge in the future if you so find that you want to. That's that piece up the, front. Yep, the what matters most, open areas. Open areas, bullet bonus points for future proof. Yeah, bonus points. Yeah. All right. So what's next? 